This is the Earn More as a Life Coach podcast with Victoria Gibson, episode four. Welcome to Earn More as a Life Coach with Victoria Gibson, the marketing resource for life coaches who want to transform more lives with their coaching and earn more while they do it. I was talking to my daughter. She's a singer-songwriter today, and I was asking her, what kind of genre of artist she'd like to put herself out there to bars and restaurants as. She's getting out there looking for some gigs and I said, are you a Taylor Swift? And she's like, no, I'm me. But nobody knows who you are yet, honey. So we need to understand who you're most like, that people would actually want to listen to so that we can create your compelling marketing offers and make it easy for those bars and restaurants to say yes to her. Otherwise, you're just another singer. A niche is just the target market for your coaching. So why does it create so much anxiety in those of us looking to grow our life coaching business? A more solid definition is that a niche is a group of people who you serve that have a very specific problem that you solve with your unique solution. It's what separates you and your offerings from all the other alternatives out there and helps you fast track your marketing efforts to get clients faster and get them better results. Now, it's essential to clarify your niche and choose one so you can land your message to market and create certainty and clarity in your offer. This will give you the momentum you need, whether you're just starting out or have been coaching for a while. Now, the other good news is that will also massively reduce the cost of your marketing and effortlessly increase your conversions. Now, many life coaches fear that if they choose a niche, they are limiting who they can serve. They believe that by narrowing their focus, they'll miss out on a ton of opportunities. But instead, I want to offer up that instead of thinking you'll be missing out, I want you to think of it as an opportunity to fast track your success as a life coach. This is the number one thing that is going to improve your momentum, increase your certainty and confidence and get your clients better results. And it dramatically increases your ability to attract those clients and also boost the results you can get for your clients. Why? Well, because when you can find a small group of people and describe their problem better than they can and lead them towards a solution at the same time, then selling just becomes really easy. And why on earth would we want to make life harder for ourselves? But when niches bring life coaches undone is that the barriers they have to choosing one, the drama they indulge in before finally deciding and committing to one niche, or the constant changing and evolution that confuses their audience and most of all themselves. Who Hands up if you're having some niche drama or you've had some niche drama. I know I've had a ton of it over the last decade and still continue to indulge in it. And I've newly shifted into narrowing my niche to life coaches And it is feeling scary and amazing at the same time. Going from coaches in general to life coaches feels like, yeah, sure, I could be missing a whole ton of business. But on the other hand, I can refine a solution that's so much better for one audience and get them amazing results. Doesn't mean I'm not scared. (laughs) And I really want to share with you the four biggest barriers I hear from clients about choosing their niche and tell you why they're total BS. By the end of this episode, you're going to think differently about your niche. If you've already got one, great. You're going to hopefully have it affirmed. And if you haven't got one yet, I'm going to show you why you need one. But first, 
those four biggest barriers. Number one, there's not enough people who'll pay for that. If there are less than 500 people in the world in your target market, I'll buy that. Okay. So if you thought you've chosen a niche or you're brainstorming a niche or thinking about one and there'd be less than 500 people in the world, that's fine. There aren't enough people who are going to pay for that. But if you know there are more than 500 people in that target market or niche and you know that because you go and check on a Facebook page and see how many people follow it, you look on the bestseller list of Amazon and see if there are any books catering for that, or maybe you go into a tool like Google keyword tool and understand how many people are searching for that specific search term. That's a really great way to validate um, how many average monthly searches are there. Or you go to even another free tool like answerthepublic.com. That's pretty cool as well in that you can sort of see the kind of terms that people are searching in relation to your topic. And that might give you an idea as well. But if not, so If there are more than 500 people, then get to work finding where these people hang out and validate if they are motivated too. You have to easily be able to reach them and they have to be motivated to change in order to move forward. Now you can play a part in motivating that change, but you don't want to be trying to swim upstream with your niche. So picture, you know, you're in the rapids and you want to be floating downstream rather than trying to like hurriedly swim upstream and going against the current. Instead, I want you to let the current pull you forward rather than trying to swim upstream and have to educate or inspire your niche too much to take action when they are either ignorant of the solution or the problem even. I've had clients who are so firmly entrenched in knowing their niche's problem, but unfortunately their niche isn't in on the problem. They are experiencing the symptoms of that problem. They don't understand necessarily that it is a problem and are less likely to choose to invest in a solution to get out of it. And there is just no time for that. So you want to make sure that there are those people around and you can reach them by some of those methods I mentioned, but usually it's Facebook ads. Now you might say, oh, my clients definitely don't hang out on Facebook. There might be another social media platform where they do, or you have a connection to someone who's already assembled large numbers of those people and you could partner with them, or you just get on Google and have a look at whether there's people searching for that. And that will give you a bit of an idea. The second barrier is there are already people serving that market. This one comes up a lot too. My response to that is great. This is a sign that there is a market and your niche has great potential. Now we just need to get to work creating a fresh take on your message and offer so you can rise above the competition or carve out your own corner of that proven market. It's actually more of a red flag if there are no competitors in that market, if nobody is serving your possible niche, then that is more of a red flag. Sure, it could mean that you have a new idea that nobody has thought of, or it means that people aren't buying and you'll be left pushing harder than you need to for a piece of a non-existent market. So rarely do you want to be the trailblazer. Do you want to be the innovator as far as this is concerned? I'm happy for you to be an innovator or a trailblazer in terms of your take on your niche or your take on that specific problem that your group of people that you serve are experiencing. That is where it's cool and that's where you get some more momentum. So if there's already people serving that market, 
that is excellent. It means that there's a group of people willing to pay for the solution you're thinking about providing. So that's good news, not bad news. The third barrier I hear often, but I'm not an expert or so-and-so already does that. Insert highly renowned expert that you feel completely inadequate when you think about. But I offer to you, so what? Your target market aren't looking to validate your credentials when they buy from you. They're not asking for your resume. They're not asking for how many years you've been doing this. Most of the time, they won't even ask whether you are degree qualified or even certified. Yet many coaches stay stuck perfecting their coaching in free sessions or undercharging while they get practice. Yet the best practice you'll ever get is by serving and getting a result for a high-paying client. And just one of these is enough to validate your niche choice. And if you found one, there's bound to be more. Niching really does create the ability to attract high-paying clients, even if you're only a few steps ahead of them in the solution that you're offering, right? Usually it may have been you just a few steps behind where you are now. That is a great niche and it leaves a lot of clues to where perhaps you should spend your time or where you could choose your niche. And that's because just being a couple of steps ahead, you have the ability to highlight the problem they're experiencing and meet them where they are with an invitation to a possible solution. And people don't care about you. They care about getting their problem solved. And that's why this is so compelling. So you don't need to wait until you're way more qualified or experienced. Just pick your niche and start creating value for them so you can invite them into your offer. They're not buying life coaching, even though that seems weird, right? They're actually not buying life coaching. They're buying their dream. They're buying the solution to the problem and being free of that big problem. And they're investing less than the cost of keeping that problem. They're actually investing in getting rid of the problem. Even if it's two, five, 10K, whatever it is, like generally the higher quality problems, the more they're happy to pay. But when you can clearly articulate the problem that they're experiencing better than they can, then that is when you know that they are going to be more than willing to invest in the solution. And of course, not everyone's saying yes. And of course, you can't guarantee results. But what you can do is meet them where they are, get them to see their own mind in having this problem and get them closer using the tools you have coaching to being free of the problem. And anyway, I want you to stop judging how much others can afford or are willing to invest with you. You can't jump into their bank account or their P&L to verify any of your limiting beliefs about them. We can be so judgmental when it comes to our clients about what they can and they can't afford. And it's just not your role to be judgmental. Yes, you can be selective about the clients that you choose to work with. I don't have a problem with that. I even suggest that you have mandatories about what they have. And in choosing a niche, you've got the mandatories to be, they want to be motivated to change. They have to be willing to invest in a solution and they have to be willing and cooperative to work with you. They have to be friendly, maybe. Maybe you don't like friendly people. I like working with friendly people. But stop judging how much money they have before you actually know, okay? You're presuming that is a fact. It is a circumstance when really it's just a thought about their monetary situation. The fourth barrier to niching is when I hear, but what about 
XYZ, insert any other target market who I also can help. But I love working with, you know, tradesmen who, you know, want to quit smoking. I also love working with women who want to find romance. And I love helping teenagers find their self-esteem. That's great. And it's true that you need to love your niche. You need to show up and serve them and care about the outcomes that you create together. I'm not getting away from that at all. That doesn't mean you have to serve everyone. Because refusing to choose a niche, even early on in your life coaching journey, or saying you work with everyone who needs help is just not service. It means that you're constantly reinventing what works rather than refining and developing an amazing experience and becoming a highly paid specialist. Think about the difference between a GP and a heart surgeon. Look, aside from the extra training, yes, I know they do some specialist training and I said before you don't need a qualification or more experience, but just think about how they are paid for a moment or how they're chosen. By virtue of being a heart surgeon, they are a specialist. They become excellent in one area, whereas a GP has to be great in a lot of areas. And just by virtue of stepping aside from that excellence, they get paid a lot less. So by being a specialist, you cultivate results and confidence and that commands higher rates. It also allows you to get better at your specialization because you narrow your focus and you get more experience and more practice, that experience and practice you wanted before you got high paying clients or chose a niche, you get that while getting paid. And over time, you'll be getting paid more and more because you're getting better and better at it with that narrow focus. Don't forget, you're not locked in for life here. I'm not asking you to choose a niche and stick with it forever and never, you know, serve some of those other audiences you're thinking about. You don't have to stay with it forever, but I would like you to choose, validate, and work with that niche to rapidly grow your business and make your marketing so much easier. Think about just writing a social media post or a Facebook ad as a general life coach. It'd just be so much harder. What would you say? Who would you target for your ad? And without knowing that, your ads are going to be way more expensive. And that's what I meant about niching, creating more momentum in your marketing, making it easier for your clients to find you, making it easier for them to pay you, making it easier for you to stand out from your competition. And if you're looking for clues of how to land your profitable niche, then I want you to first think about the niche you're most scared to choose. There's always one when I speak to people. There's always this, when I ask them, who would you like to serve? And sometimes it's, I don't know, or I love serving everyone, or I don't want to limit it because, you know, I just want to help people. But often there is this one niche. There's this one particular group of people, and it may reflect an experience that you've had in your own life that you've broken through and come through. But there will be that one that you're afraid of being judged for, that you're too scared to show up for, okay? And it's always those ones that make you choke up a little bit or that you quickly dismiss or that you don't even really want to go there, that other niche that you can't ignore. That's a niche you must choose and you should choose it now. I promise it'll be the best decision you ever made. Until next week, take care. You've been listening to the Earn More as a Life Coach podcast with Victoria Gibson. For more resources to help you get fully booked and create better results for your clients, head to victoriagibson.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, 
please leave a review. 